It is really good to be back on Search the Scriptures today with all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in, and we hope that you're doing so every day at this time. We appreciate our new listeners also for tuning in, and we hope that you will find this a very pleasant experience. Now, not pleasant from the standpoint that uh, it's just a casual kind of thing, you had a really good time there, but pleasant from the perspective that you realize that you're learning God's Word. We really do hope that you find that on Search the Scriptures. We strive very hard to teach God's Word in clarity and at the same time with authority because that is exactly how it was supposed to be communicated to us. And it is the difference between life and death, literally, from the spiritual perspective. We want to help you come to the point where you're better prepared to be able to make your decisions as to what you're going to do about God and His will in your life. It's my blessing to be able to study with you today, along with Dennis, along with Dwayne Kennedy first. <laughs> Thank you, Gary, for saying that. It's good for me to be on this study when I can, and it's always a privilege to know that we have a listening audience who participates with us, even if this is your first time, but certainly if you do that every day, we are encouraged to continue and to study and to glorify God. And it's also good for me to be here with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Duane and Gary. I am certainly honored and privileged, blessed in my life to be part of this work as well. And what a great thing it is to have the freedom and the opportunity to open up God's Word in a setting such as this and to share it with, you know, potentially thousands of people who are listening to us at this very moment. We really hope that if you are one of those people listening to this broadcast, this program will be a blessing in your life as well. Amen. If you have any questions about anything you hear us teach on this program, we do encourage you to get in touch with us. And you can always receive a copy of this program or any of the programs on Search the Scriptures for free on CD. All you have to do is contact us and ask us for them. Again, when we say free, we mean exactly that. We don't want you to send us anything for them. We'll even take care of the postage. Now, we're going to finish up this particular section of this study asking the question, what if you had only 24 hours to live? This is a very profound question. And as we've pointed out, we all face that particular point in our lives. Every one of us is going to die unless the Lord comes again first. That's part of life, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. No question about it. When we are born into this world, then the clock of our life starts ticking and it is going to come to a point where it runs out and every one of us will die. Now, that'll be a different time for each one of us, but every one of us will meet that time. I think we tend, a lot of us at least, if not the vast majority of us, to live trying not to think too much about that time. <laughs> yes, I think you're absolutely right, Gary. Disturbing prospect, isn't it? Yes. You know, many people try to beat death, but... Again, we're not going to do it. No. Nope. Sometimes we might put it off, but we're not going to beat it. Not at all. And eventually, every one of us will be faced with that stark reality. Well, again, that, that's, you know, 
some people might say, that's macabre. I don't want to think about that. You know, well, the point is, if you know it's coming, you need to think about it so you can get ready for it. Right. Mm-hmm. We do that from different perspectives. We try to work on our relationships. We try to take financial steps so that we'll have life insurance, perhaps burial insurance, mm-hmm. um, maybe catastrophic insurance of some kind in the event that we die unexpectedly, that our family will not be left uncared for, that they'll be able to take care of things, at least in the immediate uh, days and months after our death, and, and hopefully on an extended basis thereafter. But so many people, they put off their spiritual life insurance. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have that spiritual health policy in, a, in effect. Mm. They're just living as though nothing's going to happen or they're going to have plenty of time on their time scale to get ready for their physical death so that they can face eternity spiritually prepared. But they never do anything. Yes, and that's sad, Gary, because the spiritual life insurance, as you referred to it, is the one that's most important. That's the one that's going to carry us on and on, ultimately Mm -hmm. to heaven. And it's also the one that we need to make careful preparation for. We can't just accept anything that's out there like we might with life insurance. Someone might say, well, we have a better product, we have a better policy, we have more coverage in this way or that way, we have to find out exactly what God has to offer and take advantage of it. So in essence, what you're saying is we've all got to have God's policy. That's right. And that's the only one that's going to be effective for us. That's exactly right. Okay. What would you do if you had only 24 hours to live and you knew it and there was somebody in your life who you wanted to talk to about their salvation, you had been meaning to talk to them. Maybe you'd even been looking for an opportunity, but you never quite got to it. And now you've got less than a day to go. Would you try to reach them in some way? Try to get across to them, connect with them to some extent so that you could have perhaps that crucial influence on their spiritual lives before your physical life came to an end. Right. Now we've been talking about the gospel here and how pivotal, how pivotal it is, how essential it is to a person's spiritual well-being. There is salvation in no other but Jesus Christ, is there? No, there right. isn't. Acts chapter four and verse 12. Mm-hmm. There is no way to God except through him, John chapter 14 and verse six. Mm-hmm. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. If we do not live in the gospel or in the doctrine of Christ, live by the doctrine of Christ, then we don't have God. That's right. Second mm-hmm. John in verse nine. Yes. And we could go on and on, couldn't we? Yes, we could. And yet there are so many people who are living outside of Christ or who may have at one point become a Christian but then became unfaithful. Yes. And then we know a lot of those people. And we've been meaning to talk to some of them or wanted to talk to some of them, but now you haven't got much time left. Would you try to reach out to them? They need the gospel. They need to come to Jesus Christ. Without obedience to the gospel, they're lost. Yes. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17. Now, let's look at James chapter 1 and verse 18, Dwayne. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creation, or his it, creatures. Now, when it says he brought us forth, what does that mean? He led us by his word. He brought us into the study of his word and the obedience of his word. And through that, brought us forth to spiritual life. That's right. The idea is a rebirth there. Yes. He brought us to life through his word. There's an interesting way that Paul put that and uh, the exact reference is escaping me. I believe it's in Colossians 1. But he tells us that we have been rescued from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, speaking about one who has been brought out of sin and has become a Christian. I think it might be Colossians 1 verse Colossians 13. Colossians chapter 1, I believe, is, is right. He, yes, he talks about it, about as we come into Christ, mm -hmm. as we are, are added to his kingdom. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and one translation actually says translated, Yes, you know, from yes. the kingdom of darkness. Exactly. Uh, and the idea is that passing over there um, in verse 13, Colossians 1 and verse 13, he has delivered us. And I like that term too. Yes. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Yes. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And again, right there, only mm -hmm. in Christ. That's what people need to know. And I think that relates to what Duane was reading from James 1 verse 18 in the fact that we have been brought forth by that word. Yes, yes. And again, that, that idea of being brought forth, we're talking about a birthing process there, mm -hmm. coming to life. Uh, in fact, there, there are different passages that talk about someone brought forth so-and-so, and the idea was, was giving birth to them. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the language that's being used here, but with a spiritual application. Mm -hmm. Remember that Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 and 5, that except a man be born again, mm -hmm. he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And the idea here of being brought forth is not to go back or return from whence we came. It's the idea to continue mm -hmm. in the direction that we are going toward God. Yes, yes. Now, Dennis, how about reading 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 and 23? Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. This goes right along with what James said in James chapter 1 and verse 18. Absolutely. Brought forth by the word of truth. Mm -hmm. And again, it relates directly to what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 and 5. Except a man be born again, mm -hmm. he shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so how does Peter say that a person is born again? It's through the word of God. Through the word. Mm -hmm. 
having been born again, not of corruptible seed. So he's not talking about physical birth here. Right. Because that's corruptible seed, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, corruptible in the sense that, as we've tried to point out, once we're born, we're all going to die. That's right. That's the idea of corruptible there. Mm-hmm. So not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Mm-hmm. In other words, eternal. Mm-hmm. And then he says, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Right. The eternal aspect of it and nature of what he's talking about here. Boy, what a beautiful statement to begin with there in verse 22 when he says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Yes. Now that obedience part is crucial, isn't it? Absolutely imperative. No getting around that. No. It's one thing to have a bottle of medicine that holds the cure to your life-threatening disease, but if all you have is the medicine bottle and you don't take the medicine in the bottle, you're not going to get well. No. No, you won't. So you can have the gospel of Christ. You can even believe the gospel of Christ. But if you do not obey that truth, as Peter put it, if you don't respond in obedience to the teachings of that word of God, mm-hmm. it's like having that medicine bottle but not taking the medicine. Right. That's exactly as we pointed out earlier from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. There are two groups or classes of people that the writer identifies as being lost being in a state where they will be separated from the presence of the Lord throughout eternity. And those two groups were those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Peter also put it in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17. He asked the question, if judgment begins with the house of God, referring to the church, those who are in Christ, then what will be the lot of those who have not obeyed the gospel. Mm -hmm. And And you've answered it there. And he even emphasized that in the next verse as well, Gary, in verse 18. He said, now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Again, rhetorical questions that (laughs) the answer is very forcefully right there for us. Need to wake up, don't we? Yeah, we do really need to wake up. That's what your friend needs. That one you've been meaning to talk to. That one you've been been wanting to try to get across the gospel to. He needs to know this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13, what does the Apostle Paul say there, Dwayne? Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. So watch, stand fast in the faith. Go back up there, Dwayne, to verse 15, uh, chapter 15, and read verse 58, if you would, as well. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So there's the same idea. Now, in verse 13 of chapter 16, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, a little different wording, but it's trying to get across the same message as you've just read in chapter 15 and verse 58. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, it, again, it's not a matter of just believing in Jesus. It's not a matter either of 
initially coming to him and obeying the gospel, it's we've got to stay faithful, don't we? That's right. It's like waking up in the morning. We, we go through certain things. We, we prepare ourselves for the day. We put on our clothes. We have a meal. And we go to a specific task. In the same way, we approach our salvation. We prepare ourselves daily. It's something that we do steadfast, immovable. We do it all the time. Uh, it's just like breathing. We live our we lives. We sustain ourselves by it, yes. It's a lifestyle. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, Dennis, at the end of that verse, Jesus says that, puts this very succinctly, doesn't he? That's right, Gary. He said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful until death. And really, that connects so well with what Dwayne read there in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians in verse 58. You know, after the encouragement is given to be steadfast and immovable, to always abound in the work of the Lord, the last phrase there says, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And what an encouragement that should be for every person who's a Christian. You know, there's times when we're doing God's work and we can get discouraged. We think, you know, we're just not doing much good with what we're doing in God's name. And Paul is saying, don't be discouraged. Know that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. There's a reward waiting for you. Be steadfast. And Jesus says the same thing in Revelation 2, verse 10. Be faithful until death. In other words, until that very last breath of life has been expelled. And if you do that, you're going to receive the crown of life. Well, what a great way to put it. Now, it's, And again, it comes back to the understanding that it's a life that we live. Oh, yes. It's not just an exercise that we go through on a one-time basis. No. But it's a life that we take up. It's a lifestyle, exactly as you've said it. Yes, yes. Now, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27, what does Paul say there? Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. What he says there, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. He's basically saying, be faithful, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's basically going back to these other passages that we've, that we've just read. It is. I think Paul is indicating there, now, I've taught you, others may have taught you the gospel of Christ. You know the life that you're supposed to be living as a Christian. Now do it. Yes. Again, live the life. Right. There's no way that we can be truly worthy of the gospel of Christ. No, not in and of ourselves. No, but through Christ, we can be counted worthy. Exactly. But that's the key. It's got to be through Christ. Right. Got to be through Christ. And that person who you know, who you've been meaning to talk to, who you've been wanting to talk to, they need to know this. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, Dennis, there are a lot of people who are living without a great deal of sense of hope. Yes. Spiritually. Right. Because they don't know. 
mm-hmm. that they can be forgiven. They don't know that as bad as they've lived their lives, God still loves them and wants to forgive them, but they've got to come to him for that forgiveness. They surely do. On his terms. Oh, yes. In In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, Jesus told the apostles to do what? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. When you stop and think about the setting for this, Mm -hmm. it's rather incredible. Yes, it is. Jesus had come to this world to seek and to save that which was lost, Mm -hmm. Luke 19 and verse 10. Right. He called all unto him who would come for rest. Yes. who are weary and heavy laden, right. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Mm-hmm. And they put him on a cross. Yes. They crucified him in, in perhaps one of the most brutal forms of, of uh, death that could be prescribed under law. Yes, it was. And yet, when he arose from the grave, he did not go about seeking vengeance, but he sends the apostles on a mission of love and grace Mm -hmm. through which they were to teach the way that mankind could come to forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. That's right. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mm -hmm. Now, your friend needs to know that. If you have never responded to the Lord's invitation properly to come to him, you need to know that. You need to know that you need to come to Christ in repentance, in submission, in humility. You need to be baptized into him for the remission of your sins as you confess your faith in him as God's son and your Lord and Savior. We'd love to send that Bible study to you that we offer every day for free. If you have that friend or that loved one who needs to hear the gospel message, we'll send it to them if you contact us. It's always free. This is the message of salvation. Not our message, but the message from heaven that God sent his son to bring to this earth. It's still the same message, and it's still as powerful as ever. Don't put this off until you get past that point when you have only 24 hours to live, but you probably won't know it, so you probably won't be able to prepare. Take the step today.